Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Okay, so we are still talking about the separations. This week is part three of three. And this is going to be about, I'm going to tell you all some of my, uh, some of my personal experiences. I'm also going to review the rest of the separations words so you all can hear about those. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that I did to try to get through the grief because someone asked me, how do you deal with this? And there's not a real easy way to deal with grief. I'm getting ready to do some little short videos that are going to be excerpts from the Grief Companion Study Guide. Um, I think that might be some help to you. I'm not sure. We're going to see. Y'all can let me know what you think. Okay, let's review the other words. There's about eight pages of words I'm going to review that have to do with the separations. These are things that God has told us over the years about this time of separations and about what he's doing. And I'll try to remember to link to the words in the description. This word is called grief in the separations, and it's dated August 6, 2021. My children, some of you will suffer grief in this time as separations occur from those you love. Many of you will discover that those you thought would never leave are actually quite content to do so with no thought to your happiness. Do not fret. I have increased the darkness in them that you might see that I might keep you safe a little longer. Few in the world will be for you when this is done, only those who carry my light. You are not of the world. I give families and friends and spouses in the world that you may learn while you are there, but all unions are not of me. Many of you have entered into unions I did not ordain. Many of you have family members and friends who do not know me and do not wish to know me. Many of you have continued in relationships after I showed you they were not ordained by me. Obey as I lead you and trust that I know what is best. I will comfort you when you grieve those you lost. This word is called separations, and it's dated November 17th, 2021. My children are beginning to experience unique separations from some of those they love. Do not struggle against these partings, for they are by my design, that I may enrich you further in their absence, and that I may get them prepared for the tribulation just ahead. You have prayed for me to change them. Now release them so I can. Release them to me and do not try to save them from their own actions any longer. Release them and allow me to comfort you as I know what is best for them now. They will not be strong enough to survive what is coming if you do not release them to me now. When you attempt to prevent their every struggle, they have no need of me. Continue in prayer for them and for my other lost ones, that I may save them before it is too late, my children, for time truly is of the essence now. The enemy of your souls has increased his attacks in a desperate attempt to steal more souls for his kingdom in this last hour. Do not cease to pray for your loved ones that his attempts do not succeed. Okay, this next word is called turning, and it's dated November 24, 2021. I have told you there are separations coming from some of those you love that will happen in ways you never could have imagined. And it is true. Some of these will betray you in ways you did not foresee, and your hearts will grieve. Forgive the noises in the background. I have a little dog who has real bad congestive heart failure, and that's her breathing. 
Remember, my children, when these things happen, that those who betray your trust are under the influence of darkness. As the darkness in each person continues to increase, there will be more betrayal than ever before. Pray diligently for those who hurt you in this way, for if they do not repent, they shall be left to suffer in the tribulation as I refine them. Do not hold anger against them in your hearts, but release them to me. I know what is best for them. This word is called Sure Separations. It's dated 20, December 27, 2021. I am making the separations sure. I am drawing the dividing lines and making the divides wider. I am allowing you the opportunity to see who is truly for you and who will be against you in that time. in this time. Very few are for you, my children. I will move circumstances to cause those you only think are for you to reveal their true colors that you may know you do not have their support. I will cause what is hidden in darkness to be revealed for the benefit of all my children. In times of war, it is important to know who is on your side and more importantly, who is not. Be not afraid. Be watchful. Be listening. Be praying. Fear not, my children, for regardless of who forsakes you, I will never leave or forsake you. I am your shelter, your refuge, and your strong tower in this time of war. This next word is called separated, then separated some more. This is a fairly recent word, August 7th, 2023. I saw what appeared to be a filtering. People were filtered out. Then, Sorry about that. My battery, even though it said it was fresh, went dead. This camcorder's had it. Um, but I got a new one coming. Okay. This next word is called separated and then separated some more. It's dated August 7, 2023. We're getting into the recent words now. It seems like I've read some of these to y'all recently, but I can't remember. I saw what appeared to be a filtering. People, people were filtered out, then more were filtered out of the remaining group. Then the process repeated again and again and again, the group getting smaller each time. And when I posted that word, I think somebody wrote me and said, hey, that's like Gideon. That's like the story of Gideon, and it really it is. I am making the separations sure. I am separating out my chosen ones, then separating some more until I have a small but choice group who can complete the last work. This, this is a specialized work for me in this time. Be patient, my little ones. You will not all be chosen. Only those who can survive the furnace of affliction earn that title and those privileges, but there is enough work, general labor, for all who will put forth effort on my behalf. So in other words, he's got a job for everybody that's willing. This next word is called without fear, and it's dated August 8, 2023. My children are laboring under the separations. Children, I know you grieve some of those you have been separated from, but soon you will understand perfectly why I arranged it so. There is much coming into your world that you know not of, and those you were around would become a grave danger to you and you to them. Set your sights on your heavenly home, for you are nearer to it than ever before. Your time left in the earth is very short now, and soon you will be here with me. Your lives there are but a vapor. Finish your race with courage and boldness. Speak my name without fear, for I am with you when you do. This next word is dated August 9th, 2023, and it's called, Really Trust Me. My children fear the separations. Children, it is natural you do not want to be separated from those you care for. 
in this time it seems unnecessary. Do you not know? I would not ask this of you if it were not necessary. Soon you will no longer be walking in this time, but into the next season, when all begins to change. In that time, you will quickly realize why I have done this. If you will trust me with these changes, really trust me, I will reveal things to you that you do not know even now. Keep your eyes on me and remember I can see down the road ahead of you and I am preserving you for a purpose and a reason that will be for your greater good. Fear not, only believe. This next word is called The Greatest Peril and it's dated August 10th, 2023. My children, do not fret over the separations I have called you to. Realize all I have said in my holy word is true. I am well able to supply all you need. I am well able to lead you, to guide you to where I wish you to be. The time you live in is very perilous and will become more perilous by the day. By far in your time, the greatest peril will be the wickedness found in unbelieving hearts. For they will become fully Satan's if they do not repent as light and darkness continue to increase. Now God gave us a word years ago about the light and darkness increasing and he said it would continue, both of those things would continue to increase in each person until the end of time. In the times coming, those you love will be forced to make choices they are not ready for. Your lives can be used to persuade them to take the mark of my enemy from which they cannot repent, causing their souls to be lost forever. I know you do not understand the grief you now endure. I do nothing that is not for your good. Okay, that's the words. I'm going to talk a little bit about the separations that I've been through. Um, I got saved in 1996 in, I believe it was late July. In 1998, the Lord sent me. I had gone, uh, I was working in the oil field when I got saved. When the oil field ran out, I went to western Oklahoma where my family was and rented a house and was doing waitress work out there, uh, waiting for a better job. And in 1998, when I'd been there for, I'm trying to remember when we came off the road, I don't remember, but I think about a year before, I think I'd been home about a year. In 1998, the Lord sent me from western Oklahoma where my family was to Dallas. All the minute details of this are in the Wilderness Companion, and I can't remember all of them, but I will tell you a few things. I was alone. I had no money. I had no money. I had been waitressing and barely been able to pay the rent and my bills. And finally, they cut my hours, and I couldn't even pay the $200 a month rent. So I was like, okay, time to go. Um, in my little frame house, if I remember right, when I left, I had $1.80 in cash. And I had one charge card that had a little bit of credit left open on it, like several hundred dollars, I don't remember. A friend put me up in a hotel for a week so I could seek God about what I was supposed to do. And that was ended up being what God showed me to do. At the time, my father was terminally ill with cancer. He had gotten the diagnosis that he had six months to a year and a half to live. Uh, he ended up living a year, but God sent me to stay with him temporarily. His whole house would fit into a large bedroom. He had a little tiny house. And only had one floor. So I had sought God day after day after day. And on the very last day before I had to check, I said, Lord, I got no place to go. This is the last night I got paid for here. I got no money. My friends can't put me up forever. We got to do something here. And that's when he let me know what he wanted me to do.
And I thought, okay, the Lord probably wants me to spend some time with Dad, you know, because he's about to give me another job in oil and gas. My dad and I were not close. We had not been close. Uh, we were never very close because I was a mama's girl. And so I packed up what I would need to go back on the road and do oil and gas work, and I put the rest of the stuff in my storage stall with my, my furniture and stuff and took off. <laughs> Little did I know what I was getting into then. God had a much larger, much larger purpose for sending me to Dallas than that. And I thought I was only going to the little tiny town of Blue Ridge, which was where my dad lived on my brother's land, and I ended up in the big city of Dallas alone, and I had never lived in a big city by myself, never. I don't think I'd ever even lived in a big city at that point. I can't remember. In an extended stay motel. I, would, I don't recommend that because they have paper-thin walls. Because my truck was acting up and I could not do the hour-and-a-half commute each way to where I was working, I had moved into the extended stay motel. And because <laughs> Dad's house only had like a five-gallon water tank that he had put in because he didn't want to put in a big hot water heater, so they had like a five- or ten-gallon hot water heater. And it was just him, you know, he didn't need anything fancy. He was a very simple person. That if I plugged in my blow dryer, it threw the breaker and all the electricity in the house went off. I cannot make this up. And I was an emotional mess. I cried all the way back from work every single day. I was just doing some temp work, and I cried all the way home every day. I was just a mess. But anyway, I did what I could for Dad, and then I moved into the extended stay motel and went on. This just goes to show you how we <laughs> only have our minds on us in the beginning, human nature, I guess, when we have no understanding. I had only been saved two years, and this separation occurred because God was looking at a much greater picture, something way bigger, which is a good thing. He was st starting to prepare me then for what I do now. God knows I needed a lot of preparation, y'all. I did. He wanted me to be a blessing to many, which is worth more than 100 jobs in the oil and gas industry. The rest of that story is in the Wilderness Companion for anybody that cares. Um, that was my first God-ordained separation. Uh, and it was a tough one. I had to leave my mom, who's my best friend, and my prayer partner, my two grown children, and my little grandson. I only have two grandchildren, but that was my first one. And so, yeah, that was a huge sacrifice. That was hard. I, if I remember right, I cried all the way to Texas. Anyway, so that was 1998. 2009, here we go again. The Lord moved me from Woodward, Oklahoma, to Princeton, just north of Dallas. I had to leave my mom, who was in Elk City in, the, in western Oklahoma. I had to leave her. She was in the care home by then, and I did not want to leave her. Having to tell her that, I would not be able to come see her every weekend. After that broke my heart. It just broke my heart. I loved going to see her. But when I told her that the Lord was sending me there to do his work, she was like, you do what he tells you. You don't worry about me. I'll be all right. And I remember crying on the way down there and, her say, and, and the Lord saying, do you trust me? Can you trust me with her? Will you trust me to take care of her? Something like that. And I said, well, obviously I have no choice, but yeah, I know you'll take care of her. I just, I wanted to be there and help take care of her too. But mom understood. I only got to see her a few times after that before she passed in 2014. That was, oh, that was a huge sacrifice. All of it, every time I've moved, it's, there's been things that, you know, you just, you have to lay things down when you move a lot. You just have to. 2016, the Lord told me that I was in sin in my marriage to Jerry. And I had married him just under four years earlier, and I thought it was okay to remarry. I didn't know. I should have taken that to the Word. I did pray about it, but I should have, you know. 
I was horrified, terrified, and I immediately filed for divorce. That separation was due to my own sin that I did not realize I was in. Praise God for not leaving me in it. And for his correction, it was very painful, but I don't want to be in sin in any way, and I don't cause anyone else to sin either. Had I not obeyed him in that, I'm not sure if JBH would still be here, y'all. Because if you're going to live in sin, God can't use you for very much. 2017, in early 2017, after the divorce, the Lord moved me from the pretty townhouse in Princeton to the Ozark Mountains in northern Arkansas. I realized years later that that move was a separation for the purpose of rest, which I'm not very good at doing. Arkansas was boring to me. At first, I thought it was really beautiful, and then I was like, I don't like it here. Because, I'm, you know, I'm from the North Dallas area. I've lived almost my whole life in the North Dallas area. I li- did live for some time in western Oklahoma, but I prefer North Dallas. North Dallas being the whole area from Dallas to the Oklahoma line. Okay, 2021, God spoke to me to leave Arkansas and go to Louisiana to, quote, help with the revival. The only person that I knew in Louisiana was Nicole, so I went to where she was. I assumed he meant to go help her church. I could only take what would fit in a small, small cargo trailer, so... Um, I could not move anything larger by myself. My son did not want to go to Louis. I could not move the furniture by myself, so I had to give it up. The hardest part of the move to Louisiana was not leaving my stuff. It was leaving my son. Um, he did not want to move there, and I drove there with tears in my eyes because I didn't want to leave him behind, but it was for the Lord's work, but it just, he is extremely intelligent and a great conversationalist, and he, he, being a male, thinks logically, and sometimes he just helps me figure out problems. But I obeyed. I did what I was supposed to do. Somebody asked me recently, how do you handle the separations? I can only tell you what I've tried to do in the past. I'm not sure what everybody else is doing. I always tried to distract myself with work because work makes me feel better. I'm a workaholic, so of course it makes me feel better. And it, it works to get my mind off pain. I think that's why I became a workaholic years ago. I pour my heart out to God in prayer often, like a lot. I did a lot of that. And I let myself grieve. There is no way around grief. You must walk through the grief and just cry your way through it so you can come out the other side where the sun is shining again. I know that's not what you want to hear, but it is the truth. Um. I know y'all are grieving the separations, and my heart breaks for y'all every day. Y'all don't have any idea how much I pray for you about this because it hurts me because I've been there and I know that pain. I know that, that you wonder why God would require you to go through so much pain and why he would not keep your marriage together or your family together or whatever because you would think that he would be in favor of those things. He is if they were ordained by him, and he is if everyone's ready to move forward into the time coming. Remember this because this will help you. Anytime you're grieving over something the Lord is doing or having you do, and it's not making sense, there is something much larger at stake that you cannot yet see. Just endure. One thing I want to uh, talk about for just a minute while we're talking about the separations. We've been talking about it now. This is the third week. This is the final episode. Is I want to talk about the grief. Whenever we are separated from people that we love a lot, we grieve, don't we? Because we miss them and we would prefer to be with them. 
But if God chooses otherwise, we need to follow His will because He always knows what's best, and He never takes you away from someone unless there is a really, really good reason, okay? Because He doesn't, He's not trying to make us be in pain. So I want to talk to you all about something that I know for sure will help you. It's in one of my books, and I came back across it recently. It's um, I wrote a book back, and I think I published this in 2018. It's called The Grief Companion Study Guide. The Lord showed me three books in the Companion series, The Wilderness Companion, The Healing Companion, and The Grief Companion Study Guide. And He told me this one was a study guide. The reasons it's a study guide is not so you can buy another book and, and go along with that, too. It's, all, it's a, um, a standalone book, but it's written like a workbook. It has little short things that you read, and it has questions that you answer, not according to what you read, but according to what you're going through. It is designed to help you process your grief. Um, the hardest thing about grief is trying to figure out, you know, how do I get past this? How do I ever feel happy again and feel like the sun is going to shine again? And I remember just wanting to know that at different times when I was grieving. Okay, so I want to read you a story from it. One morning early, I was driving to a courthouse. Now, I used for y'all of, of you who are new listening to me, I used to be a petroleum land person. And I spent all my time in courthouses pulling um, books and making notes and um, chaining out title. Now, you cannot officially run title unless you're an attorney. So we called it running records, but it's very similar. Okay. You, we did it for oil and gas companies so they knew who owned each piece of land and the minerals under it so that they could buy leases. So one morning early, I was driving to a courthouse that was over two hours away. And in my mind, I began to think about all the negativity that was going on in my life then. My mom's health was failing. My son and daughter-in-law were struggling financially. And my daughter, who despised my faith, had nothing but disdain for me. So I seldom got to see my little grandson. I began to pray. I knew I would be sad all day if I let my thoughts keep going the direction they were headed. Dwelling on the negative in our lives never brings a positive result, does it? I told the Lord I needed help staying my mind on Him. So I popped in a worship CD and I began to sing and worship as I drove. I worshipped the last two hours of my trip. The longer I worshipped, the more the beauty of the Lord filled my vehicle. And though I felt the brokenness of my life and the ache in my heart never left, His presence was like a warm embrace as I sang to Him. And for a little while, I was free from the worries. When you get your mind on Jesus, you get your mind off your worries. And it does help. When we lift up praise and worship to the Lord in our darkest moments, when nothing is going right, when we are mired in our pain and misery, we bring just a little bit of light into the darkness around us. The enemy must have been really angry because as soon as I reached the town I was driving to that morning, my CD player stopped working. A week or so after my morning drive worship experience, I received a prophetic word through a friend that the Lord wanted me to go back to nightly worship, so I began to do that. I had a thing that I did when I was traveling with my work that at about, I think it was like 7.30 at night, I would just shut everything off and I would spend like the last hour of the evening worshiping Him. The first night, I was particularly joyful because I had passed a temptation test that day. I danced joyfully before the Lord and praised Him over and over, then lifted worship to His name. That weekend, I became so ill in my body and so tired and weary that I literally did not want to go on. 
I began to see how empty my life was. I did little besides work and visit mom. The loneliness of my life hit me full force, and I saw many more long, lonely years stretching out before me. I began to feel overwhelmed by the responsibilities of taking care of everything and working full-time plus commuting so many hours and trying to help others hold it together while inside I felt like I was falling apart. I did not realize it at the time, but I had been hit full force by an enemy attack. The enemy launched an attack on my body to get me still, then he went after my thoughts. I never realized at the time it was him. The enemy fears your worship even more than he fears your prayers. Worship can win battles for you no matter how dark your situation may look. I had tapped into the supernatural power of worship and could feel things breaking off of me, and the enemy was not given up without a fight. Not having much discernment at that point, I went down for the count and stayed there the entire weekend, in bed, sick, alone, and miserable. So, I read you that to tell you this. Whenever I don't know what else to do, I worship. Please forget the sound of my dog trying to dig a hole on the bed. This is just something he does. Um, when I don't know what else to do, I worship. And all that is is just, you know, popping in a CD wherever I am and just singing to the Lord. Um, sometimes I get on my knees and I pray or I just lay before Him. He loves when we come into His presence and give Him our time and give Him all our thoughts, even if it's for five minutes, because He gets so little of that from all of us. And so many people don't even give Him a thought. Worship is extremely powerful. There used to be a little magazine that was published, and it's, it's gone out of business now, sadly. It was called The Spirit-Led Woman, and it was out in the 90s. And there was a story in it one time that... Um, I want to say, who, who wrote that? Joyce Meyer, Juanita Bynum, I don't know, somebody. Anyway, they were talking about how when they worshiped, they saw God's hand come down and just crush their problems, just crushed them. And I always remember that because I'm like, wow, that's got more power than we thought. So I just want to suggest to you that if you begin hurting really bad over the separations and if you're going to be alone for the first time and you're scared, hey, I can relate. I'm an older woman myself and I'm divorced. And it is not a good feeling, is it? It's a hard thing. You can make it. You just do it one day, one hour, sometimes just five minutes at a time. Hopefully you have a good support network of friends or family or somebody. But when you don't know what else to do, worship Him. Go into His presence. Lay before Him. Lay your head in His lap and just weep if that's what you have to do. That's how you work through the grief, and that's also how you work through the fear. So I just wanted to share that with y'all. If you're interested in the book, all my books are on Amazon.com. This is called The Grief Companion Study Guide, and what I read you was just one of the little short readings that's in it. I hope this has been a help to y'all. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a good week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., P.O. Box 854, Altus, Oklahoma, that's A-L-T-U-S, Oklahoma 73522, or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. 
JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Listen to Just Praise Him Radio on WINB, 4 p.m. Eastern on Sundays and 9 p.m. Eastern Thursdays each week. Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? You may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are oftentimes of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook. Do you know someone suffering from domestic violence or another form of abuse like verbal abuse? Did you know abuse has deep spiritual roots that cause abuse to be attracted to a person throughout their lifetime? Now, the Escaping Abuse Study Guide helps you discover and remove those spiritual roots so you won't be an abuse magnet. Get the Escaping Abuse Study Guide or get one for a friend. Available now on Amazon.com. Escaping Abuse Study Guide by Glenda Lomax. Available now on Amazon.com.